Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 233, and today we are going to do another hot seat. Now, I just said we, and usually when I do a hot seat, I have my good friend on, Chris Schaefer, so he's going to be joining us here in a second. And uh, we uh, basically went through uh, another listener's business that's already up and running, was having some success, and then ran out of stock, and then tried to slow down in that process as far as running out of stock, and then once he got stock back in, uh, it didn't go as planned, and wants to know why. So, we are going to break that down today on the podcast. Now, before we jump into that, before we go ahead and uh, listen to that uh, hot seat session that I just said that Chris and I had already did for you, but before we jump in, I did want to remind you that all of the show notes to this episode will be posted, all of the transcripts. Again, I know a lot of you want to download these because you either have to read them at work or whatever because you can't listen, Uh, so they are there for you, and you can always find them by heading over to The Amazing Seller dot com forward slash 233 and you'll find them over there. I also wanted to remind anyone that's brand new to the podcast or to this business model and they want to learn how to earn their first dollar on Amazon, we actually do a free private label workshop where I walk you through the five phases for getting started, all right? And you can register for an upcoming workshop by heading over to theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop. Once again, that's theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop. And we also answer some live Q&A over there as well. A lot of fun. We, we just love doing them and we break it all down for you in that workshop, all right? So anyone new, definitely go over and register for an upcoming one of those, all right? And before we do jump in, one last thing, that if you guys have questions and you wanna get an answer like almost immediately, I would definitely recommend going over to our TAS Facebook group. Over 30,000 people currently in there, thousands of questions have been already asked, and guess what? You can search through the search bar there, the the search tab in Facebook, in that group, and you can search for your question. And most of the time, you're gonna find a thread that's already been created and there's already been discussion. So I would definitely, definitely say that's a great place to go. If you're not already a member of that free group, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash F as in Frank, B as in boy. You'll request to join. Usually in a couple hours, you'll be approved. All right, so, um, all right, guys, that's all I got for you right now. Let's go ahead and jump into this awesome hot seat that I did with my good buddy, Chris Schaefer. Enjoy. Well, hey, Chris, what's up? We are back to do another hot seat session. What's going on, my man? Oh, not too much, man. Loving this summer weather. It's, you know, going between 100 and 60 degrees here in Texas. Anytime we get a thunderstorm, it drops and then it spikes right back up. It's been a crazy <laughs> week for storms. But other than that, I can't complain one bit, man. I'm pumped. I, I, I love doing these hot seats. They're a lot of fun. Yeah, we've been getting a lot of uh, a lot of feedback, a lot of comments, uh, you know, back after we do these. And um, I want to continue to do them. I know you and I, uh, you know, we want to do them also because we're helping people, but also we're kind of doing our workout routine here because we do these also at the, uh, or we did them and we're going to do them again at an upcoming uh, TAS Breakthrough Live, which we don't have the official date yet, but if you want to know more about our live event 
that we're going to be doing um, in the near future, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash live and you'll see probably a recap video there from the last one and you can also sign up for an interest list if you're interested in attending one of those. But yeah, I love doing these as well and um, it just seems like everyone that listens to these always gets some golden nuggets from there because there's you can't really script this, right? We got to kind of go through these and kind of dissect them and it's just a lot of fun. Um, okay, so why don't we do this? Why don't we go ahead and um, why don't you read through um, part of that email um, that we received and then from there we can go ahead and kind of break through and or kind of go through those numbers and, and kind of where the sticking points are. Okay. We have an email here and it says, hope you're doing well. I started listening to your podcast last fall and started an FBA business in my spare time this March. Strictly using the info from your first 100 or so podcasts. I don't have a Facebook, weird as a 24-year-old, I know, so I haven't been able to use, utilize the forum to answer questions like this. From March to May, I grossed $20,000 in sales, which is awesome. Yeah, that's I awesome. I was loving life and thought I had it all figured out. However, I was quickly running out of inventory for my first order of 1,000 units. I had to raise the price to slow down sales to hold me over inventory-wise until my next batch came in. This killed my BSR, but I wasn't worried. I was just going to lower my price back down to generate a bunch more sales. However, this didn't work. By the time my inventory came in, I feel as if my listing was dead in the water. I ran a promotion for 50 units to get my BSR back and still had no luck. After a short-term lowering of my BSR from the promotion, I still wasn't generating any sales. I even bumped up my bid for my good keyword to $10 hmm. on pay-per-click, I'm assuming. Yeah. I'm still on the first page, but at this point, I'm not receiving any sales. I'm not sure where to go from here. I was consistently getting 35 sales a day before at a higher price. Now at a discount, I'm still struggling. Do you have any suggestions? So, Scott, what are your yeah. just your initial thoughts on that before we even dive in and, and look at his keywords and look at his listing? What are you, what are your initial thoughts on what might be the the issue? Well, you know, okay, the first thing is it sounds like before even looking at anything, it seems like, you know, he was doing well. His name is Matthew, by the way, too. Well, um, just so we can call him by name. So it's Matthew. So Matthew, thanks for submitting this and uh, reaching out. Um, but, um, you know, I, I think the biggest thing is, is, and this happens to a lot of people, right? They'll, they'll launch, they'll get out of the gate. And they'll start getting some sales or maybe they even stumble into some sales and then they kind of take their foot off the gas. Um, so my first thing would be like, OK, you went ahead, you, um, you know, you kind of got up and running, um, you know, running out of a stock is an issue. But from there, you should be able to get back up and running. But the one thing that sticks out to me is you did a, a you know, a promo of like 50 units. So right away, I'd be thinking to myself, OK. Maybe that wasn't enough. What kind of reviews do we have? Do we have enough reviews to be able to convert against our competition? Um, that's what I'd be thinking. The other thing I'd be thinking is your pay-per-click. You said you're bidding up to like $10 and you're still not getting anything. So then I need to look at the keywords that we're targeting. Maybe we're targeting too direct of a keyword or maybe we are uh, too broad of a keyword, right? So we have to go ahead and figure out those keywords um, not that are so obvious, but the ones that, that will bring in sales. And I would look directly at my you know, competition and see what they were doing um, and then kind of reverse engineer that. So that's my first kind of like high level view, I guess. I feel the same way. And I think the thing that, that kind of stuck out to me is he's saying, okay, from March to May, and then it kind of fell off a cliff. Yeah. 
to me, the first thing that that triggers is, is it seasonal? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I went ahead and took a look at Google Trends and Scott, I'm sure you've done this as well oh, for yeah. his, his main keyword. Yep. And it does look to me like this is the stereotype of a seasonal product. Yes. Right. Yep. The thing that's interesting is there are two seasons for it, right? From, you know, the beginning of the year through May, it looks like the demand is pretty good. Then it kind of falls off a cliff mm -hmm. until July and then it goes back up. Mm hmm. So it looks like there's two or three months where it goes from a fairly high demand product to a very low demand product. Uh, so that's kind of the first thing that that kind of sticks out to me. And all you're doing here, just to let people know, too, you just went to Google Trends. You typed in the main keyword of of the product. And then from there, you just kind of looked at the history. And you're going all the way back 2005. I mean, at, in 2005, I mean, heck, in December, I think it was, was it December was the top month? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that was the biggest month back in 2005, but still every single, everything, every single spike throughout all the, all the years up until now are pretty much the same. I mean, you can almost, they're almost number for number identical, almost number, number for number. Exactly. So it's very clear when you look at the data guys. So when you're, you're having an issue of sales or anything like that, the first thing that you want to do is definitely do this. And also you want to do this in your product research, you know? The other thing that's interesting here is Google Trends and Scott, I don't know that this is something you and I have talked about, um, but they have a regional interest category yes. that shows you kind of who's searching for that specific keyword. Mm -hmm. And the thing that's interesting to me, uh, just kind of as an aside, is that the demand is actually higher in the UK than it is in the US in terms of overall interest for this keyword. That just, is an interesting point. Just something that uh, I don't generally see in Google Trends when we look, especially with with products on Amazon, um, just kind of something that stuck out to me. So if if he kind of gets over some of his his fears here about the product falling off, you know, as his sales start to increase after he listens to this hot seat, mm. um, the UK may be an interesting place for him to uh, do a little bit of a trial expansion, maybe. Um, yeah, absolutely. And again, I think looking at this data even beforehand, anyone that's doing any product research definitely wants to look at the Google Trends just to get that intel. Like, who is your audience? Who is your target? Um, and like you said, Chris, I mean, launching in the UK, that might be an option for you. Um, maybe not. Maybe it's down the line. But at least you know that that's there for you as well. Exactly. So, Scott, the, the second thing that I like to do, and I know it's something you like to do, is just take a look at the Amazon search results. So let's yeah. go ahead and do that. Yeah, I know you pulled up um, just now, just so people know, they can't visually see this, but um, you just pulled up Jungle Scout for the main keyword and um, that's what we're looking at. So we're pulling that up. Um, Jungle Scout Pro we're looking at and we're looking at all of the data here. So why don't you kind of go through some of that data, Chris? So the, the first thing that I'll notice and Matt, I'm going to give you a hand clap on this is you are the number one sponsored listing as we're looking at this. So it looks like you may have, have figured out your PPC stuff. If not, it's at least working part of the time. Um, so the first thing that kind of jumped out to me when we're looking at this, Scott, is there is there are a, a fairly decent number of sellers. You know, the average price point is on the lower side, but that's not really our concern here right now. And that's kind of dragged down by by some people at nine dollars. Most of the sellers are in a range that I would feel comfortable with. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. the thing that <clears throat> that I noticed here is it's it's extremely top heavy. Yeah. Meaning the guy that ranks number one is getting almost all of the sales. I mean, he's getting almost as many sales as everyone else combined on that first page. Yes. It's 1,178, call it, let's just call it 1,200 sales to make it even. Yes. The next guy down is 58. Yeah. 214. 414, so that one's a decent listing. 170, 86, 298, 52. So it, it looks like a lot of these guys are under that 10 a day mark, 
again, not a huge deal if, if that's not your goal, but I know you and I tend to look for products that we can get 10 sales a day from. So the overall volume right now in this market is a little lower. Now, yeah. The other thing I want to point out though, real quick, Chris, is if we're looking at the price too, just to let people know, like the number four spot, like you pointed out, they're selling 414, right? And actually that's Amazon's listing. It's got 1,604 reviews. It's a three and a half star rating and it's only $9.97. So I don't even know if I would classify that as my you know, as my, it's probably my competition, but I wouldn't look at that to do data, I guess, against data um, because it's kind of skewed, right? So if we look at the one above that, number three, that's more in line. That's uh, $23.95 and it is, uh, let's see, 214 sales a month currently right now with 359 reviews, five stars. Um, and then I would go down a little bit further and I would look at the next one, which is, um, I believe that is actually his. That isn't is it? his listing. Yeah. Okay, so that's his listing. Um, and that's, um, let's see here, 1995, 170 units um, per month. That could be part of a promotion. We don't know. Um, Matt, I don't know what you've done. Um, you've got 73 current reviews, five star. Um, so that's that. And then if we go down a little bit further, um, then it just, again, it starts to drop off to like 80, you know, 85, 68, all in that price range um, with, again, not that many reviews. So the depth is really not there, but that doesn't mean that you can't still get your, I guess, 10 a day. Well, and the, the other thing to keep in mind is this is going to be, I mean, we're, we're looking at this at kind of that big trough in, yes. in the Google Trends data as well. Mm -hmm. So there may be demand there at other times of the year. Right. Um, but as of right now, that's just kind of how we, we see that shake out. Um, the other thing, Scott, that I kind of want to point out here is you and I talk about looking at an average of 300 sales per day. Mm -hmm. um, and if you look at just the snapshot at the top of Jungle Scout. Yeah it looks like that depth is there, right? Average, yeah. 364 sales. Yep. But that, you you can't just look at that number, guys, when you're looking at Jungle Scout. You have to look at the estimated sales, and it's not really an average, it's more like a mean, where we're saying, you know, here's, here's the average number that an individual seller is getting, not necessarily the industry average, because the number one guy is selling 1,100, so that's gonna drag everyone else up. Sure, sure. So just just another another little aside of something to point out there. So it, it looks like he is at least selling a couple a day now, which is always good to hear, Scott. But when when you take a look at the keyword results, what what's the first thing that you kind of notice? At the keyword results that I'm looking here, yeah, I definitely see that there's a different keyword um, in there um, than in his. Um, it's pretty obvious it's right in the front. Um, we don't want to say it without giving it away, but um, it's pretty specific, um, I guess. So it, it could be a little bit different. Uh, of a product because it's it's kind of like a size type thing. That's what I'm seeing. Well, and the the other thing to keep in mind here is his brand name is at the front, and I and know, that's true. Yep that that is that is, is true too. This is kind of a sore spot for a lot of people. Um, and actually, I was having a conversation with with our good buddy Bill the other day, and he said, "Well, I'm always going to put the brand name at the front." I said, "That's fine," um, but to me, unless somebody is going to be searching for your brand, unless you're a well known brand in that space or you're starting to get a lot of recurring sales, I wouldn't necessarily put the brand name in the front. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I would put my keyword in the front. Yeah. And it looks like the guy that's selling 1,200 a month has done exactly that. Yes. Right? It is the main key, size plus main keyword, mm -hmm. and then 
benefits, 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 right? Because it uh, seems like this particular person that's looking for this is looking for a large one or a medium one or a small one, right? So if you have that, if, if, you're, if your audiences or your market is looking for a certain size of something, you probably want to put that in there. Now, I see it in his, his title, but it's, it's kind of at the end of the title. So would he still get picked up for it? Yes. But it's almost like, you know, years ago we're talking about SEO, right? It's like if you can be exact for what they're looking for on the front, it makes it seem as though it's meant more for them. It's the same thing as going like if you know that you're targeting your product for a certain type of person, maybe, you know, I'm just going to throw this out here, but like someone that's 40 or over, right? And if you had something that said specifically designed for 40 and over, that's going to call out to me because that's that's who I am, right? So if you're looking for a medium one or a small one or a large one and you know that that's your you know, you're, uh, and I'm not talking about like sock size. I'm talking about like a size of a unit. Um, so that's again, just my thoughts on that. Yeah. And I think the other thing that kind of sticks out to me here in terms of the title before we move on is it doesn't look like he's filled it out completely. It looks Mm -hmm. like there's still some room to add some keywords. And you know, this is, this is again, kind of a point of contention for people. Do I make it short and readable? Do I make it long and keyword stuffed? There is a mixture there where you can make it long and readable. Uh, and that's something that his competitor that's selling a lot has done pretty well. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say copy this exactly, but I would say take a look at it and see what you can can kind of learn and, and do from there. Mm-hmm. Because he has significantly more keywords that would be used in his title uh, than than you do, Matt. So it, take take a look at some of the other titles of the listings that are selling really well and see if you can maybe modify yours to be a little bit more like those. Scott, what's the other thing that kind of sticks out to you here when you look at at his listing versus the one that's selling a whole bunch? Pictures. I see the picture right away. Um, you know, his is actually, I believe, violating terms of service. Um, it's not completely on a white background and it needs to be. I get what he's trying to do. It's more of a lifestyle picture um, or, you know, kind of like in, you know, where it would be used kind of picture. And I get that. But you still need to have the white background. Um, I also think that the one that is being displayed, that the top seller is actually showing it being used. Um, And that gives the person that is into this type of product, it's going to give them kind of like that instant gratification of, of why they're buying it. Um, so I see, I see pictures. Um, I even see it on the other one that, um, is selling. Okay. Um, yeah, right there, Chris, your, your, uh, cursor's on it. Yep. Um, you know, like, so that one there, the same thing, it's showing it being used, right? So I think I would change that up. Um, I would try to model something like that. doesn't have to be exact, but to, to kind of model that, um, that would be my first thing looking at it other than what we just talked about. Yeah. And that, that was kind of the next thing that stuck out to me as well is you have a picture that is, you know, it's a nice lifestyle picture. It is. But there, there's two things I think not necessarily wrong, but not ideal about it. Uh, the first thing is it doesn't really show me anything about the product in the thumbnail. Like I can kind of tell what it is. Um, it looks backwards mm. <laughs> to me yep. and it looks really small. And I know that when I click on the listing, it's not necessarily going to be, but that's just because I've, I've looked at it already, right? It is a decent size, but you want to show this one from the front because you're showing it from the back. And two, you kind of want to show it in use, 
right? I mean, if, if you look at the ones that are selling really well, they're all being shown in use. And it is a product that kind of needs to have that aspect to it because it's something that uh, people would use for a very specific purpose. Um, they would, and I'm trying to think of how to say that without giving away the product. Um, there's different reasons that they would buy different ones of these. So it, you kind of want to show people exactly what it is and what, what, what would use it with you. Right. Yeah. Um, and taking a look at his pictures in the listing, it looks like almost all of them are more of the lifestyle shots. Uh, and then he's got, he's got a really nice logo in there at the end, which is kind of cool. Hey, let um, me, uh, let, let me throw something else in there too. Um, you know, I'm on the images, uh, you know, the images, like I said, I think that they're, they're critical. We got to test this stuff too. You know, we just did a, a, uh, a workshop with Greg Mercer and he's got a software called splitly, but you can do it without even having a software where you can just change those images. But I would be curious if you took that image out and then you tried it with a similar image to the other one and you compare those side by side, I think you're going to see a difference in conversion. The other thing is, is the reviews to me, I mean, you got like 70 some, and I think that's fine. We're over 50, so that's good, but I would still work on that. That's where a promotion would probably come in. But I wanted to, I, as you were kind of talking there, I was kind of going through his top competitors kind of like listing their storefront and in their storefront, they don't sell any other related product to this product. And this product lends its hand to a lot of other products. So, you know, Matt, if you are thinking of building this out as a, as a brand, you could potentially, uh, launch other products and then you could take some of the market from this particular person. Cause I don't believe that this seller is focused exclusively on this item. What's your thoughts on that, Chris? He's not, it looks like the, the main competitor has a lot of industry like niche related things yes. in terms of the broadest sense possible right the yep. amazon category is the same yeah that's really kind of the only thing that they have in in common with this product but it looks like his competitor has been doing private label for a while uh and you know is, is doing a, a very good job at it but if you if you kind of stick down to this industry a little bit further look at this particular niche i think there are a lot of other related products that you could launch that would help you start to take over some market share from this guy. And I mean, if you and I were talking about this, Chris, privately, which we're not, we're talking about this publicly on the podcast, but we would be talking all about, okay, we know that there's a, a big market for this. I know there's a certain age demographic for this market. I know that personally, uh, because I know people that are into this and, um, you know, I may be getting into this, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but you know, um, I, I think because of that, I'd be thinking about, okay, I can write content around this particular niche, right? And I can get people to consume that because people that are using this product are very interested in the things that are, you know, um, or, you know, the, 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 the different uses of this product. So there's definitely room to build out a sales channel, a sales funnel um, externally, not to kind of overwhelm anyone listening to this. But again, that's why we talk about if your product lends itself to other products and then content around the product, like this is to me a perfect example of how you could build out some content around this, uh, you know, this brand and then get people to start consuming that or even offer something free. Like I don't even think that the other person gives away any type of free um, resource, which I think this thing lends itself to a really, really good um, uh, extra bonus uh, guide of some kind. 
what's your thoughts on that, Chris? I, I like that a lot. You know, it, it's funny you're talking about some of the external stuff that you could do. And it, it leads me down the path of a lot of related products to this uh, that would go really well. You know, Man. you can sell the garlic press and the garlic. Yes. Oh, right. Yes. And, yes. And in this, in this niche, it makes sense to sell the garlic. Yes. It makes a lot of sense to sell the garlic. Yes. And you can do a lot of those kinds of things. It works even better externally than it does on Amazon when you do some of those kinds of things. But you can do that on Amazon. The same people that are looking for the garlic press in this space are also going to be looking for the garlic. So mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. it, it lends itself really well to that. There's um, even some there's even some expensive devices that we know that people that are in this market could potentially buy because they're going to need it for their travels kind of thing. Yeah. So without giving that away, but you know what I mean? Like, so there's, even though this is only a 24.95 or a 19.95 item, there's product out there right now that could be a hundred dollars or $200 products in this space. I know for sure. Um, but like you were saying, you almost could find a recurring model in, um, in selling the garlic for the garlic press. I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> now I'm hungry. Yeah, exactly. Uh <laughs> <sighs> All right. So let's let's take another look at, at these two listings side by side. And, and guys, we're looking just kind of at the main competitor, the guy that's selling the most, just because that's the person that I would want to model in this space. And, you know, beyond even that main photo, Scott, the thing that sticks out to me is is the supporting images. Right. You know, we, we kind of hammered on on making that main photo a little more friendly. But if you look at the supporting images on that top listing. Yeah. This guy's crushing it. Yeah. I mean, he's got everything that a customer could possibly want to see. Yep. He's got a photo with the product dimensions. He's got an ex an explainer photo mm -hmm. about the different features, which is a really cool thing that you can do. Yeah. He's got a photo of the packaging, which I'm kind of indifferent about. And then he's even got a photo of the instructions. Yes. On the back of the packaging. Yep. Uh, and he's doing a really good job of benefit driven copy right? It does this. It's easy to do this. It makes everybody happy. It does all of these kinds of things. Um, and look, look right there, looking at this main listing in the frequently bought together, <laughs> yep. they're selling the garlic. Yep. Um, yep. so I, sometimes I like to, uh, to get some social proof from Amazon. I, I, I feel validated now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, exactly. But jump, jumping back to Matthew's listing here, you know, there, the photos again are good, but most of them aren't giving me as a consumer a good idea of exactly what they'll do uh, and, and what the what the product is designed for. Right. Mm. I don't know who's going to use it. I don't know the size of it because of the way that the photos are taken. It does look kind of small. So maybe a dimensions photo would be nice. Um, you know, <clears throat> maybe see if you can work some of the photos that that we talked about your competitor using that work really well, like the explainer photo, some of those kinds of things into your listing. And I think that's going to help a lot because even once I get to your listing, if I, if I can get past that initial photo and say, oh, you know, I, I really like the way this one sounds and click on it or I see your sponsored listing. If I'm looking at these supporting images and I, Scott, correct me if you feel differently on this, but I think this is a pretty image driven product. Totally. People want to know what it looks like. And they want to see, and they the, want to see it. Being they, used. Yeah. They want to see the results of what's going to happen when they use it. Right. Right. And there's a lot of different ways that you could show that with this product. And I think, 
the the next thing kind of down that we tend to look at on these is the bullets. It it looks to me that the first two are are pretty good, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And then it goes from benefits back to features. Um, The the thing that tends to work the best, guys, and you've you've heard Scott and I talk about this in previous hot seats, is benefit-driven copy. Mm -hmm. People want to know what it will do for them, not necessarily about the product itself. So if you can give them an experience... And we talked about this back when we did KDK and we said, do it with the photos, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. They can't, they can't try it on in the store. They have to view it online and they have to see what it looks like. You also need to do it with the bullet points. They need to kind of feel if, if there's somebody who's going to read the bullet points and not everybody does. And you guys have heard me talk about that in the past. Uh, but if it's somebody who is going to read the bullet points, they want to kind of have that experience as they're reading through the bullet points. They need to understand exactly how it's going to change their experience pressing garlic Something that the competitor, again, is doing pretty well. Matt, you, you started out doing that, and then you kind of switched back to features. So maybe you want to take a look at that as well. I would go into the competitor's um, reviews, too, and I would dig through those, and I would start seeing what people are are talking about the product. Uh, you know, they're going to be showing, like, in the, there you go. I think you just went to it, and we're seeing all of these pictures of it being used. We see, uh, you know, people in their own words talking about what they love about it. So guess what? You need to use that in your ad copy because those are real people saying exactly why they purchased the item and how they're enjoying it. Then I would also look at the negative, which there doesn't look like there's a ton of negative for this one, to be honest with you, but there are a few. Um, and if we there's, go, there's one. <laughs> yeah, there's one, right? Oh, and, sorry. There's six. Oh, there's six. Okay. So it's one. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and some of them are silly. Um, one of them, uh, you know, the, the, the second one there, Chris, um, yeah, well maybe, um, maybe, uh, you didn't give them what they wanted or something, you know? <laughs> so anyway, without giving it away, it's kind of hard, but then so, some people are just, um, uh, okay, I, I see a couple here that could be an issue with the product, which you may want to make sure that yours are a better quality. Um, so once that you start seeing that, like if it, if it was a garlic press and, and it came with a, a like kind of like a rubberized handle that was kind of like a coating over it and it was peeling up, then you'd want to make sure that yours didn't peel up. Um, that's kind of how you can reverse that. But a lot of these are good. So why not go through all the good ones and then make sure yours is going to, to offer the same thing. And then from there, you're able to, to kind of let people know in your ad copy or in your, in your copy to your listing that that's what yours will offer. Because we know that that's what people are looking for in this space. It's pretty powerful to be able to use this, the the same wording and the same you know language and and you know kind of different lingo that people use in a certain market. Exactly, and the even the thing that's interesting to me here, Scott, <laughs> we're going back to selling the garlic. One of even the negative reviews says we 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 bought it and we bought the garlic. Yeah, right. Yeah. Which yeah. this guy doesn't sell the garlic. Um, but there it is in that frequently bought together. So if you mm-hmm. can kind of match those things up, it makes a lot of sense. To sell hey, it. did you, even even the people who didn't like it bought both? Yeah, exactly. Hey, did did you go into Camel Camel Camel? Can you do that? I can do that. Which and one do you want to look at in in Camel Camel Camel? Um, let's let's no let's let's not look at Matt's yet. Look, let's look at the uh, at the top uh, at the top seller right now. I'm curious to see how long they've been selling and kind of like their history. And we can kind of go through that. And anyone that's listening, that's that's what I always do, right? I'll, I want to see like longevity. I want to see history um, of what they're doing. So this way here, I don't get fooled. 
Um, so it looks like, um, let's see, on the price history, if we can get to that, it looks like you need to log in, Chris. Are you logged in? Yeah, here we go. So August 2015, so just about a year they've been selling, okay, which is kind of awesome that we have history, but we also have, um, wow, look at that. Look what they tried to do. They tried to jack it all the way up when they must have been running out of stock to $149, from a $20 product. That seems kind of strange, <laughs> right? They may, they may have had a hijacker. They may have, well, yeah. and that was recently. Yeah, that was uh, May, 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 yeah. So that's strange. Um, but they might've been running out of stock too. Um, but yeah, so we've got um, the sales, the sales uh, history or the price history looks pretty much consistent, about 20 to 24.95. So Scott, while I'm while I'm logging into Camel 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 here, what are your thoughts on jacking your price up? Um, yeah, I've got new. To, I've got I've got a new thought on that. To run out of stock. Yeah, I've I've got a I've got a new thought on that, and um, I forget where I heard it, but it makes sense. Um, okay, here here's the deal: if you're running out of stock, and I say within within you know a certain amount. As far, as far as pricing goes, I think it's okay. But if you keep jacking and jacking and jacking, like if you did that, if you jacked it to from twenty four ninety five to one hundred forty nine to just slow down sales, the problem with that is you also slow down how many you're selling, and that's what you're kind of doing. But the other thing is you're also letting Amazon know that your conversion rate is dropping. So because of that, when you go to when you go to um, relaunch, to, when you get back in stock, they're pretty much going to base your your ranking from your past when you ran out. Um, so my thought process is I really wouldn't do too much to play with my price anymore. Um, if I was to do it, it would just be like maybe a dollar or two. Um, but I wouldn't want to slow it down completely because then the conversion rate's going to drop and then I'm going to be hurt when I go to launch again. What's your thoughts? Well, and that's, I think, I think part of that came from the conversation you and I had about the product I launched right before our live event, mm -hmm. um, where we ran out of stock pretty quickly and decided we realized we were not, we had no chance of stocking back in before we were going to run out. And I said, let's, let's just let it run out full steam and see what happens. Yeah. And the day we stocked back in, you know, we went from like 11 or 12 a day, the day we stocked back in, we had like two and then the next day was three and then five. And then within a week, we were back up to 10 plus sales a day mm -hmm. without doing anything. Yeah. And I think it's because, and again, this is purely speculation, but I think it's because Amazon knows your sales history, right? They, they know how you were selling before. They know what your conversion rate was when you were in stock. So they kind of plug you back into some of those similar spots and see if you perform similarly. And if you do, if you perform like you were performing before, then that's great. If you jack your price up and tank your conversion rate or tank your sessions or mm -hmm. do any of those kinds of things because your price is significantly higher, you're going to be less likely to sell for those keywords. It's, and when you come back in stock and you've, you've lowered your price, all of that gets factored into your sales history. Amazon knows you're then quote unquote less likely to convert. So they're not going to show you as much. So you're going to have to do more when you get back in stock, in my opinion. Uh, and I've run out of stock both ways and it seems that running out of stock, just doing what you're doing is the better way to go. Mm -hmm. Now, again, mm -hmm. that's just based on my experience, but it seems to me that that, that is the better way to go. And I've, I've done it twice now with that same product without really many issues um, other than a couple slower days when you first get back in stock as you ramp kind of back up. So 
with that aside, let's take a look at the sales rank history for this this competitor here. And, and what's the thing that kind of sticks out to you right away? They ran out of stock a few times <laughs> because you can instantly see they like when they launched in August, they were around eight, maybe nine thousand BSR. Um, and then they went uh, in September, they, they went right to forty one thousand six hundred and sixty seven, something like that. And then, um, then they went right back to actually better. They went to probably about a thousand BSR um, up until about November, and then they fell off the shelf again to forty-one thousand. And then they went back when they got back in stock in December, um, or actually a little bit late in November, and then early December. And they then they started to run out. Looks like slowly, and then that might even that might not have been a stock issue. That one there in December might have just been a slow in sales because it was after Christmas. Yeah. And, and then I think then once um, January kind of kicked back in again, they they went and they had a slight little drop again in January. And then they've been consistent in uh, February since February up until about April, May, somewhere in there. And then it looks like they started to drop, um, which is the same exact time period that Matthew had an issue. Yep. Um, yep. And it looks like it wasn't until the end of that time period that they raised their price. Yeah. Right. Yep. So. Yep. Just another another little interesting side note there. But but since then, they seem to have recovered fairly well. Yeah. They're back up to, you know, around on eleven hundred BSR. So they're selling fairly consistently. And I would say with the exceptions of running out of stock, they're going to be selling fairly consistently at that. Yeah. 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 No. And. I, I guess too. I mean, look at. I mean, they've only been selling for a year, but we have some history. We have, you know, it's not like now. If I if we did the same thing and this particular seller was only selling for three months, I'd be like really skeptical because I'd be like, there's probably promos involved and all that stuff. But pretty much these sales that we're looking at are probably consistent, um, and they're going to be true. So this way here we can base our decision um, moving forward and kind of have a little bit of a history of what we can expect. I think that's really what we're looking at here. Yeah. And I, I think I think this bodes well for Matthew as well to say, you know, it does recover Yeah, because <laughs> you go look at August, September, with the exception of running out of stock, October, November, Q4 looks really good, mm -hmm. um, which I wouldn't have thought for this. Well, let me also mention this. I also noticed in the con in the competitor's um, title that they mentioned that it could be um, given as, was it as a gift or, uh, yeah, okay, yeah. So it was mentioned as giving it as a gift. Uh, who would, would like it maybe, right? So if this is a gift-giving thing, well, guess what? Um, you probably want to put it in there. Um, you know, so, and I know we can kind of talk about the, the title. Amazon really doesn't like it when we put things in there that aren't just the product. But you're not really... It's, you're not going to hurt yourself by putting it in there. Only thing that would happen is, A, they would um, warn you or whatever and tell you to take it out of there, or your listing could get uh, suppressed for a day until you do it. That's happened to me. Um, but um, you know, if you don't put it in your title, put it somewhere in the bullet then um, because that is, again, that is a benefit, right? And if it's, if it's a benefit, we want it put in there because the benefit is you're going to be able to give someone a, a great gift, right? Um, you're going to make that person happy. So they're going to envision that person they gave it to is very happy. Um, so just my thoughts on that. 
So Scott, kind of wrapping up here, is there is first, is there anything else kind of big that, that you noticed that you wanted to, to let Matthew know about? I don't think there's anything big other than, like I said, the main things that stick out is the title having uh, the, uh, you know, the brand as the first thing. I would switch that up. Um, you can still put it in there, but I would put it more at the end. Um, and I would put more of the, the main keyword somewhere in there. Um, the picture, the main picture, I would, uh, change that. I would make it more like my competitor, but not by copying it. Um, you know, exactly. Um, that's the other thing I would do. The other thing that I would, uh, would do is I'd start thinking about product number two that could support this product. Um, that's the other thing I'd be doing. And this is again, you know, kind of like what we can do on Amazon. Um, the other thing I'd be thinking about is, okay, is this something that I'm, you know, either passionate about or that I want to build out more? And if it is, then maybe what I should do is start thinking about that external, uh, content kind of blog where I can start getting, you know, people or give people, uh, you know, information about this particular market. The other thing is maybe add that special guide that they'll get for using this you know, to maybe educate them on, uh, on this device or, um, you know, what it can do for them. Um, so those are just some top level things, I guess. And, and I would say probably the first two things that stick out to me and the two things that I would do right away, Matt, are change, get those, get those photos squared away. Um, have them, have them shot by a professional photographer. The ones you have look nice, uh, but they look more like what you would see in the reviews. They're not necessarily product photos. Um, I would focus on kind of trying to, I'm not going to say copy, but we'll use the word funnel hack, right? We're going to yeah, take, right. we're, we're going to take what we know works and model it, right? So don't copy the shots exactly, but take what your competitor is doing that works and see if you can put your own kind of spin on it. So do that. And then the title would be the other one, man. The first thing I would do, I would drop, I would drop my brand name from that and I would make it longer if, if, if you're able to do so inside of seller central it looks like you are able to do so because most of your competitors actually have a longer title and it gives people a little bit of a better idea of um, what it's going to get and obviously you get the added benefit of the uh, the additional search terms the other thing that i would take a look at is make sure you're using and it's not something we talked about here today scott but i know you've you've talked about it a couple different times is make sure you're taking advantage of the way search terms are done now. Um, if you built your listing in February or March, which it sounds like you did, you may not have had access to the longer form search terms fields in the back end. So make sure those are filled out completely. Um, I am noticing a lot of people who launched that, you know, like February or before when, when we do these kinds of things have not filled those fields out completely. So Matthew, if you haven't done that, make sure you go back and, and kind of fill out those search terms fields. And I think the other thing to keep in mind here is, you know, it's, it's not the end of the world. It looks like the market is going to come back up and you are in a good place to recover, especially if you start to square some of those things like the title and, and the photos away and kind of improve upon what you have there already. Yeah, no, I think that was great. So um, hopefully this has helped you, uh, Matt, and uh, we appreciate you allowing us to uh, to do this hot seat for you. And uh, anyone else, again, that wants to uh, uh, 
uh, you know, maybe attend a live event where we do this uh, really in person and in a room of about 30 Amazon businesses, you can always head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash live and uh, you can register to be notified when we do another one of those. It's uh, really awesome. And we're not sure, but we may do some recordings of that in the future. But uh, as of right now, we're we're strictly uh, doing it for the live attendees. So Chris, I want to thank you again, brother. This has been fun. It's been a like I said to you and everyone else, it's kind of like our training, right? It's us putting being in a, reps, putting in some reps, baby. We're getting up some weight today. Pick things up and put them down. <laughs> That's right. That's that commercial. I put things up. I pick things up and I put them down. <laughs> That's great. All right, Chris, well, you have an awesome day and I'm sure we'll be talking uh, really soon, brother. All right, man. Take care. All right, so there you have it. What an awesome hot seat. I love doing them. Now, let me just say, I get a lot of emails after we we air these, and I get a lot of people saying, Scott, would you critique my business? And the truth is, I would love to, but there's just not enough hours in the day uh, or days in the week. So uh, I'm not saying don't don't send in those requests. That's fine. But uh, we may uh, not be able to or most likely won't be able to do all of them uh, because, well, there's a lot of them that come in compared to how many hours we have in the day, right? But uh, these are awesome. I love doing them. And a lot of people have said they've gotten a ton from these because it's like we're digging through kind of on the fly, right? We're, we're kind of doing this, uh, you know, right along with you. Now, I will say, if you're at all interested at joining us for our TAS Breakthrough Live, we're going to be having another one come up here soon. Um, I say soon, probably in October 2016. Uh, So if you're listening to this before then, well, then you can still register to possibly attend. And I say possibly because, well, we're only uh, having a limited number of spots available. Uh, We may do one or two days, but it's going to be limited to at least 30 per day. Um, So, Let me just say, if you are at all interested in joining us live in the same room together, doing hot seats like this, dissecting businesses, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash live, and you can register over there and be notified when we announce the next one. All right. They're a lot of fun, by the way. And uh, we just had a lot of fun with the first one and we're excited to possibly do the second one. So if you're at all interested, I I urge you to go over and uh, and register for that. All right. So guys, that's pretty much going to wrap up this episode of the podcast. I get so pumped up to do these. It's just, it's mind boggling as to why. I don't know. I just, I just love talking about this stuff. Uh, One last thing I'll remind you as well is if you want to download the transcripts or even just read them on the blog, you can always head over to this episode, which is 233. So the direct link there will be theamazingseller.com forward slash 233. And the other thing that I will do there is I will have my show notes guy put on the uh, the past hot seats that we've done. I'll have them link them up at the bottom um, of that uh, particular post. So if you want to see some of those other hot seats, if you're really enjoying these hot seats, um, I'll try to group them in one spot and this will be this episode. So that is theamazingseller.com forward slash 233. All right, guys, that's it. That's going to wrap this session up. And once again, always know that I'm here for you, I believe in you, and I'm rooting for you, but you have to, you have to, come on, you've heard me say this so many times, what do you have to do? You have to take action. 
Have an awesome, amazing day, and I will see you right back here on the next episode. Now go get them. <laughs>